Hello, everyone, and welcome to Podcast 155. You know, this morning I went down to get a bagel and I was driving out the parking lot and I heard this, I saw this woman blowing a curly horn. It really caught my attention. I thought, what in the world does that mean? And I thought, well, you know, it was the 2nd of December. I thought, well, is it Hanukkah? And I thought, no, it's not Hanukkah because that doesn't start till later, like the 18th or something. I thought, like, is it a midwinter horn? It was kind of silver and it was curly, this horn. And whatever the reason, whatever she was blowing it for, I don't know, but it interrupted my routine. Because uh, that never happens, right? I mean, you just don't go down for a bagel and see this woman in a parking lot blowing this curly horn. Uh, but it got me to stop and it got me to think and it got me to question. And I thought, I wonder what she's announcing. I mean, it, there's a purpose to this, right? Even though I don't know what it is. So I thought, well, that's kind of appropriate for the second Sunday of Advent, because uh, John the Baptist, that we're going to be talking about today, John the Baptist uh, certainly caught people's attention, and he was announcing something. In fact, John the Baptist, who happened to be Jesus' cousin, by the way, the history is, is that John started and began his teaching before Jesus, because it was really John's call, or John's job, so to speak, to get people ready to hear the words of Jesus. And it was John's task, the the line in scripture is, to prepare the way, to prepare the way for God's coming. That was basically John's whole call. It was like, I'm the one who's preparing the way for Jesus who's coming. This Jesus who, of course, you know, uh, for us now, we're waiting for the Christ child to be born at Christmas. That's what the whole Christmas festival is about. But for John, the first, for the first listeners, it was his job to prepare the way. Because apparently, if he didn't prepare the way, it would be highly likely that people would miss what was happening. In fact, even when Jesus was born, many people did miss the importance of the whole event. So apparently we can really miss out on what God is doing if we're not really that open to making changes. We can miss an awful lot what God is doing in our life and in the world. And that openness to making changes, the biblical word for that is repentance. It just means Basically, how open are you to making a change? And if you are open, then you are repenting. Interesting, isn't it? Because it's got nothing to do with feeling guilty. It's got nothing to do with having to do more. It's got nothing to do with, um, you know, we, we put so many other layers on these words uh, over the centuries, but basically... Repentance just simply means that you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm open to making a change. If it's, if it's going to help me see what God's doing in my life and the world, this is a good thing, right? This is a good thing. Yeah, repentance. 
word is metanoia, the original word in the New Testament Greek. It was, by the way, Jesus, the very first teaching that came out of Jesus' mouth was the same. It was like, repent. Or, as we'd say today, are you open to changing your mind and changing your ways? That was his first lesson. Before Jesus called his disciples, before he even had any students, he began his teaching with exactly the same message as cousin John the Baptist, which was this message of before any change can happen in this world, before any change can happen in your life, you have to be open to the possibility that you might have to change your thinking. You might have to change your thinking. Metanoia. Yeah. One of these words that I think's got lost in translation because so often people think of repentant, repentance as, well, first of all, it sounds really negative. And secondly, it's probably, they think, to do with feeling guilty or not measuring up or not doing enough. However, that was not Jesus' understanding of repentance. Jesus' understanding of repentance is straightforward. It's like, are you open to change? Yeah, are you open to change? Because the reason things don't change in our lives, or another way to say it, the reason that things don't change in our world is because our thinking remains the same. You know, you keep thinking the same thing, you're going to keep doing the same thing. So for Jesus and for John the Baptist, and for that matter, the Apostle Paul, all of them had this basic teaching. Um, before we can truly see what God's up to in our world, before we can truly see what God's up to in our lives, we have to be open to the idea that our thinking about ourselves and others and our world and our challenges might need to be tweaked a bit, right? To put it gently, might need to be changed a tad. Now, of course, this is really difficult, very difficult to repent, to change our thinking or change our behavior for that matter, because we're all very attached to our way of doing things. We're all very attached to our way of thinking and our perspectives and how things should be done. So it's not that easy. It's not that easy to, to be open to change. We get pretty locked into how things need to be. But both Jesus and John the Baptist and Paul, the apostle, repentance was something so very important um, the whole idea of soul, when you get right down to it, how open are you to making some changes? How open are you? There's a great quote from Isaiah that you'll hear around Christmas time quite a lot, and it's, um, well, you hear it a lot because Handel used it in his Messiah, but the quote is, the line is, I am sending, this describes John, I am sending my messenger who will prepare the way. And he's a voice 
crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Now that's just a line from the New Testament. And you'll have heard that if you listen to the Messiah. And that was Cousin John's task. I'm, I'm preparing the way of the Lord and I'm making his path straight. Now, this very poetic language, prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his path straight. I think these prophets were poets, by the way. Um, and he goes on to say, every valley shall be exalted and every hill shall be made low and the crooked places straight. So it's a beautiful line in a way. I mean, it's like John saying, you know, my job is, I, I'm, I'm here to, I want to call people to wake up and pay attention. And all is not well in the world. And we all get off track very easily. And if we truly want to see what God's doing, then we've got to be open to making some changes. And when God points out changes need to be made, then, yeah, we at least have to say, okay, well, help me do that then. You know, so John's like, so imagine this highway between you and God. Imagine this highway. There's a path between you and God. And John's saying, you don't want any bends in the highway. You don't want any diversions in the highway. You want a nice, clear road. No detours. Nothing that'll get in the way. It's like, okay, how'd you do that? Well, you don't want any clutter on the road. So how open are you to clearing out any clutter? How open are you to making some changes? If you think the changes need to be made and you've been putting things off, how open are you? You know, actually, we don't really have fiery prophets like John the Baptist so much nowadays, do we? Dressed in their camel hair coats and eating their locusts and honey. We don't really have that. I think other things can arrest our attention, though. I mean, even that woman in the parking lot this morning with that curly horn, it was like, what's going on here? Kind of made me stop and think. But I think there are other things that come along and sort of give us a wake-up call, because that was John. I mean, he was always giving people wake-up calls. You know, but, you know, we're going in a, along in our lives and everything's just going along as usual, and then something changes, and it really gets our attention. It might be a, a time of transition, big move, might be a time in our life where it just feels way too challenging. And it gets your attention when that happens, doesn't it? Or a time of a great change. Certainly loss gets our attention. And actually, even times of great joy, great happiness can cause us to stop and pause and just listen and just sort of reassess. Well, any time we're in that space, it's the perfect place to hear God's direction. You know, when John the Baptist says, prepare the way of the Lord and make his way straight. Yeah, sometimes things come along in our lives and we just know 
for whatever reason that we find ourselves in a place where we're, we're, we're more open to God and we really want to hear God's leading in some way. You know, we seem to go through times where we're like, no, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always interested in God. I always am, but no, just now at this point in my life, I, I'm real, I really need to hear something. That's kind of the, I think, the energy of uh, making the way straight or preparing uh, the highway to God. It's like John the Baptist is saying, you need a nice, clean road between you and God. Bends on the highway, the detours, the wrong turns. These are, that's the stuff of life that trips us up. You'll know what trips you up. Uh, the bends and the detours of the highway, these are the things that get in the way. You'll know what weighs you down. You'll know what distracts you. You'll know what steals your joy. You'll know what keeps you stuck in the wrong place. And so often we're stuck because we are ambivalent about change. We're ambivalent about changing our mind on things, which makes us ambivalent about changing our behavior. Right? Yeah, I think it's safe to say from my reading of the scripture that God longs to bring changes, not just to us individually, but to the entire world. I think that's what that line in the Lord's Prayer is about, you know, um, your kingdom come, your will be done. It's like pray that God's will will be done because it's not happening <laughs> as you look around and you see the mess and the pain and the suffering. That's not God's will. That's not how God intended people to live. But in order for any lasting change to happen, yeah, it's like our, our participation is needed, our will is needed. I think we often, we're often very quick to target a behavior that we would like to change. And so we think to ourselves, oh, I, I know I, I, sh I should make some changes. I need to be more patient or I need to be not so angry or I wish I wasn't so assertive because I think I'm offending people or maybe I need to be more honest and truthful or less selfish. All these things, that might be true, right? But spiritual work isn't really about willpower. It's more of a, a transformed mind, and it's, it's more of about changing the way you think about something. It was one of the great insights of the Apostle Paul. He said, if you change your mind, your behavior will follow that. Oftentimes we try and change our behavior first, but our thinking remains the same. So the apostle says, you know, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The reason that you're not changing is because is you're thinking the same way. That's the reason why we can't change, because our thinking is exactly the same. One of the great temptations is to use our minds our thinking 
to fix everyone else. It's kind of a strange thing that we think we can see most accurately what other people need to do to change. And even if we're right 50% of the time, that's really not our work to do, right? We're not called to fix other people. Even good therapists know this, right? Good therapists don't fix other people. They give people tools so that they can be free and independent and move toward change and wholeness in their lives. A good therapist doesn't do the fixing. It's the people, the, the client, right? So John's message is really a call to look at ourselves when he's saying, prepare the way of the Lord, make the path straight. It's like, I am only responsible for my spiritual growth. I can't make someone else grow. I can't make someone else healthy. I can't make someone else change. But I can make changes to my own life. And I can change how I think, what I think about, what I tell myself, and what I dwell upon. And that's the key to a changed behavior. Like the apostle says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, it's the idea that all lasting changes come from a changed mind. Yeah, am I thinking about this situation in the right way? Am I thinking about this person in the right way? Or am I thinking about myself? Because we can often think about ourselves in wrong ways too. We don't necessarily know ourselves very well at times. Am I thinking about this conflict in the right way? Is this a true and helpful way to think about this situation? And then sometimes as we stop and pause and question, we think, you know what? I, I don't think I'm thinking about this in the right way. That's what insight is. These aha moments or insight is when you've been thinking about something the same way for a long, long, long time. And then one day you get a moment of clarity. You get an epiphany. And it's like, oh, now I see why I reacted this way. Or now I see why I do this in my, let's say, my family. Or now I see why I respond this way to my boss. Or now I see why I run into so many difficulties in my relationships or in my marriage. Or now I see why I can't relate to my children. It's insight. It's a different way of looking at the problem. It's like that 180 degree turn that John the Baptist says, yeah, so necessary. So necessary. Prepare, or as, as, the, as John's beautiful poetic language or Isaiah's, uh, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight 
his paths. Every valley shall be exalted and every hill be made low. It's like, I don't want anything getting in the way between me and God. I don't want anything. And I'm open to change. Yeah, if I need to make some changes, I'm willing to do that. I love that quote from Richard Rory says, once you accept ongoing change as the central program for yourself, you tend to continue growing throughout your whole life. It's the idea that if you truly embrace that fact that, yeah, I'm always, God's always going to be calling me to change, always, then you're always going to be growing. That's the way it's going to be. Not necessarily always easy, but it's guaranteed that you'll become more and more like the person that God created you to be. The more you're open to change your mind about things in yourself, take on God's way, the more it will change your thinking. And when your thinking is changed, your behavior is changed. Yeah, nobody's going to have to be telling you, oh, you need to be more generous or you need to, you know, help this person in need or you need to care about that. You know, no, no. You don't need people telling you what to do. You'll know the right thing to do because your thinking is in the right place. Yeah, there's the prayer. There's the heart cry. God, help us. Help us to clear out the highway. We want a nice, smooth road so that we can see you coming to us and showing us the changes that we need to make and whatever these changes are, God, help us to make the change. Help us to make the change. Yeah, it's all about bringing us new life. Well, thank you for joining me. You have been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.